Hello and welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. I'm Violet Luca, digital editor. Arnaud Desplachins, the acclaimed director of Kings and Queen, and most recently, My Golden Days, is also a cinephile, body and soul. And in My Golden Days, Desplachins revisits and revises the characters of his third feature, My Sex Life, or How I Got Into an Argument, from 1996. My Sex Life follows Paul Dedaluce, played by Mathieu Almeric, a philosophy professor stuck at a personal and professional impasse. In My Golden Days, Paul, or a version of Paul, runs into an identity mix-up with the authorities. There are two people named Paul Dedaluce. This prompts an extensive flashback to his teenage years in Roubaix and to his relationship with Esther, who also figured prominently into My Sex Life. That youthful romance takes up the lion's share of the film. Deplachan and Kent Jones, who co-wrote Jimmy P, Psychotherapy of a Plains Indian, join me to talk about filmmaking and the films they love. Hello and welcome to the Film Comet podcast. My name is Violet Luca. I'm the digital editor of Film Comet. And today I'm joined by... Kent Jones. Who is? The director of the New York Film Festival, writer, filmmaker, etc. Arno Desplachino. <laughs> that's not how you pronounce it in American. Yeah, that's yeah, how. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, how we so pronounce yeah. it. Can in I America. just call you Arnie? Is that fine? <laughs> Arnie, it's a little <laughs> bit familiar, but I'm okay with that. Okay, <laughs> okay. we're all family. Here. We're just three friends. We're no, just, just three friends. Here just machine. <laughs> Since we're all friends here, maybe we could start out talking about um, autobiography and film. You know, you've returned to similar themes, uh, sort of like replaying, restructuring certain times. Uh, could you talk about your approach to autobiography? Mm. Actually, it's a strange approach to that, you know, because it's an effect that I like to produce on the audience, you know, sort of an embarrassment, you know, when people in the theater think, gosh, it's autobiographical, isn't it? You know, but actually my, my life is such a bore that I can't transform it into a fiction, you know. <laughs> you know, I, it's just uh, the life of a cinephile, you know, so I just look at movies, I'm reading books, period, you know. And uh, so it would be a good material for a film. So I'm trying, I'm much more novelistic than that. So I'm trying to write adventures. Uh, you know, I, I'm in love with genres movie, you know, so each, each one of my films belongs to a genre, even if it's in a hidden way. And, uh, but I like... To, to, to give the feeling uh, the, the, to the audience that there is something too intimate in the mm -hmm. film, you know, uh, autobiographical. Uh, in a way, uh, I guess, you know, uh, it's something what I'm asking to the actors. You see, the, 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 the actors, uh, they, they, they have talent, they have craft. You know, if I'm hiring them, it's because I respect their art. You know, but if on the set they just give me their art, it's not enough. What I'm asking to them is to give me something much more intimate than that, to, mm. to, to be personal. And so in my writing, I'm just trying to be a good actor amongst good actors. You know, I'm just trying to be one of them. So I'm trying to, to give this, the, the, this feeling of uh, something, uh, yeah, too intimate, you know. And I guess that uh, it's something which uh, fascinated me, you know, in the Truffaut's movies, you know, is that each time that you are looking a film by Truffaut, you feel... He's speaking about himself. It's yeah. so embarrassing, yeah. you know. And actually, it's not, you know. But he's giving this, uh, this impression. He is, you know, through the the, the all the film with Jean-Pierre Léo, perhaps. Yeah. And uh, but uh, and also in the in the soft skin, la peau douce. In the soft skin, yeah. But in yeah. the soft skin, you know, it's. Uh,
It's a new thing that transforms. So it's a fiction. It's a piece of fiction too. You know, but but is providing this effect. You know, and I could also mention. You know, a writer who has been so important for me was Philip Roth. You know, when you are reading a novel by Philip Roth, you own it. Your character are too close to you. You know, and I'm sure that they are not. Yeah. But is providing you this effect. You know, which interests me. Is it also relevant to bring up Philippe Carrel? It would be relevant. It would be relevant. Yeah. But I think that... Uh, the, the, the As someone you feel a kinship with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the only thing is that uh, the, uh, Philippe Carrel is, is less interesting into the storytelling than I am. Yes. And it's not that interesting into the genre movie, you know, except That's few of them, you know, the... The, the last one. The, the, the last one, one of them. So, but he's playing that, that, that game with the audience. And that, but that also brings up the point that you said in the interview that was in what was the who did the big spread with the photos of your study and you know you um, and your books and stuff around the time of that my golden days was released in France that um, you you know invented Mathieu as an actor. Um, Mathieu said yes that yeah, Mathieu yeah, said yeah. that, but that's a very just thing to say I think because he was um, he, he was planning on becoming a filmmaker yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and he, he wanted to be a technician and a yeah. filmmaker he was an, an AD uh, yeah. he didn't want to he didn't understand actually when I uh, when we met mm. uh, that it was a casting process <laughs> you know he was sure that it was a casting you know for him to be an assistant on the film you know and so and that he was a sentinel No, no, on La Sentinelle, he was playing a small part yeah, in that one. Part. And after that, we had the long session of casting, you know, and, uh, for, for, for my sex life. Mm. And, uh, and I remember two details about, you know, the, the, the two stories about that. You know, first, he thought that perhaps he was supposed to meet me to be an assistant and supposed to, 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 to give the lines to the actresses he was in front of, you know, and just, and that was it, you know, and it was not for a part. And after that, I had to say, no, Mathieu, actually, it's for the main part. <laughs> And he said, "Oh, I thought I was here because you you wanted to hire me as an assistant, you know, and uh, as an AD." And so that was, you know, and I remember too. And so when I understood it, you know, we had uh, three sessions in a in a, in a day. You know, we worked with uh, uh, Jeanne Balibar, mm -hmm. uh, who was playing the lines. So we worked mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Chiara and uh, with Valeria Brunetideschi. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, three actresses I wanted to meet. So we mm -hmm. started to play the scenes. And you know, and uh, and Mathieu was quite shy, mm -hmm. and I was never filming him. You know, I was still trying. You know, I did a, such a long casting. You know, on this film, you know, I saw everyone. You know, in in Paris, and I was still not understanding the the character who was Paul Dedalus. And so I, I I thought, why not to try with Mathieu? And so I was filming the girls. Mm -hmm. You know, each time it was a close-up, you know, and we, you, you just see on the dirty frame, you know, the, the bit of the, the, the back of Mathieu. And so Mathieu, when Mathieu started to be confident, he said, oh, by the way, Arno, if you need some shot to test me, you know, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm relevant as an actor or not, you can move your camera and, and you can film me. Mm. And, you know, and I, my answer was, I'm not interested in having a reverse You know, the shot on the girl is enough. Mm -hmm. You know, because this is what Paul Dedalus is about and this is what Mathieu Zamalric talent is about when he's acting, you know, is the fact that his performance was absolutely different with that actress and with mm -hmm. the, uh, another actress. Mm -hmm. He was not interested into his own ego, mm -hmm. his own performance. He didn't want to give a performance. He was a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. So he was reacting just like film reacts to light. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and he was reacting to, 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 to what the actress was giving to him, you know, mm. and, you know, I could catch it, you know, in his voice and I didn't have to, to I didn't need to have a close up on him, you know, mm. and so he thought perhaps I failed all the tests, you know, I'm not an actor, I will never <laughs> do, do the film and I called him in the very evening saying, okay, actually you have the part because at last I understood the character of Paul Dedalus. Paul Dedalus is a guy who loves to admire. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves to admire his friend Nathan. Mm-hmm. He loves to see the quali- the very specific quality of this girl or mm-hmm. this other girl. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't compare them. He doesn't uh, jump to, you know, he loves her way. You know, I, I mentioned once, you know, in that film, you know, the stupidity of Esther, which mm-hmm. is the most beautiful form of intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, the bitterness of uh, Marianne Denicourt, of Sylvia, who is such a generous way of being on earth, you mm-hmm. know, and the madness of, uh, I don't remember her name in the film, of uh, Jeanne Balibar, who is actually so reasonable, you know, and so this way of understanding, you know, of of being in love with the the people we surrounded, you know, so he's neutral, he's neutral and he loves to admire, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was Paul Dedalus was about, he's not an egotist, he's not looking at his, uh, uh, his ego, as I was saying, you know. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned Philip Roth before mm. because it's important to remember that the episode in the classroom where Jean Lambert yeah. walks in and sits down in Mathieu's class yeah. and won't go away is from My Life as a Man, right? Uh, it's, it's a sort of Maureen, it's sort of Maureen Tarnopol's uh, yeah. reactions, you know, and uh, yeah, it's when it's Maureen Tarnopol by stuff from my yeah. inspired, as, I don't uh, know, I don't know, you know, I I I learned the book so many uh, the the novel so many times that I don't know anymore what is belonging to yeah. to to my own experience of life and to the life I experienced, you know, through the books. You know, yeah. just like with Truffaut, I don't know, you know, I I'm obviously I've been inspired, you know, but I can't say that I'm. You deliberately using a part of the books, you know, yeah. it just it, it, this book, uh, these books became part part of my life. You mm, know? Mm, Perhaps mm. because I recognize my own experience of life, you know, in these books, you know, mm-hmm. I'm reading the the novels by Philip Roth, but I've been through that, mm-hmm. you know, I've been through <laughs> that, you know, it's just depicting my own life. Mm. So it's always the same vertigo about the autobiography, you know, are you depicting your own life or the life of the audience? Yes, you know, and that's what I like like about the the, the motive of autobiography. Yeah, it's interesting because it occurs to me that I don't, I don't real, I can't really think of another example of with my sex life and with my golden days. Mm. You're looking at the same story, mm. but refracted through two different times in your life. Mm. Um, t- it's two different periods in the lives of the characters because in in my sex life they're older, they're you know, mm. and then um, in my golden days they're younger. Maybe it's a different. Paul de Deleuze in a different Esther, but mm. I mean, it's also the same and it's mm. the same dynamic. They're finding their way mm-hmm. forward and, and, and come into a, a painful um, separation, but a separation that's also just and, you know, that's many things at once, but something that, that, that haunts him. And so I can't think of another example of that, of revisiting the same narrative. Perhaps uh, do you have this kind of things in very in a very popular genre, which would be in the yes. superhero movies. Yes, you know where you have a prequel. You know the the, the birth of the superhero. You know yes. that's what I say to Matthew when I started to plan the film. You yeah. know 
I start to, I, I told him, you know, actually, Mathieu, perhaps you and I, we invented, you know, two decades ago, sort of a superhero. Mm. So he has very few gifts. You know, he can't <laughs> fly. You know, he don't have specific tools, you know, except books, you know, and, uh, yeah. but uh, though he's a superhero, you yeah. know, path a pathetic one, but he is, you yeah. know, yeah. and so let's go for his prequel, you know, yeah. let's see the, the, the like birth of the superhero. Sorry? Like that movie Mystery Man. <laughs> yeah. All the superheroes with like these ridiculous powers. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think that yeah, but yeah, I didn't see that, you know, because in, in, in the Dwanel's uh, films, you know, you, you follow the just follow the character, but this time we are going back on these tracks. You know, it's 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 funny too because I realize uh, today, you know, a long time after his French re release, mm -hmm. you know, that there is something which is uh, one characteristic of Paul Dedalus is the fact that he's so reasonable. Mm -hmm. You know, that he's a, like an old man. You know, when he's 19, when he's played by Quentin Dolmer, mm -hmm. you know, uh, he's behaving as if he was 65. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. very cautious, he's very discreet, he's yeah. too humble, mm -hmm. he's uh, too reasonable and, uh, and uh, too wise, you know, and that's why he needs Esther mm -hmm. to arrive in, uh, in our life and to bring some disorder mm -hmm. and to, 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 to be... Uh, uh, wild at mm -hmm. last you know and when you see Paul Dedalus uh, played by Mathieu in my golden days at last the character allows himself to be an adolescent yes as if through the mourning of his mother and all this experience he has to go through he never allows himself when he's young mm -hmm. to be a young man and you know and when you see the rage of Mathieu at the ending when he's arguing with Kowalki you know in mm -hmm. the bar you know at last he behaves like an adolescent yes you know and, and so there is a strange movement you know between the, the these two Paul Dedalus in the same movie you know one being so reasonable and the other one becoming wild when, uh, at the age of 50 mm -hmm. it is it is true what you say though about this intimacy that you're talking about yeah I would say it is one example the trip to Russia because yeah. after one sees the movie, mm. one you know it it would be perfectly natural for someone to ask you. So did you ever tell me? <laughs> did you have a trip to Russia when you were young and you know give your passport up and <clears throat> you know I mean and mm. it it had and I suppose it has to do with the level of detail, yeah, with the specificity of it. Um, it's it's funny you know because you know I, I remember Wes Anderson told me you know it was his favorite part in the movie because yeah. he told me you know uh, this is a thing that we did in school we were sending money yeah. to the Refusnik so is it part of your life I mean did you do the yeah. same thing in school or etc actually I have a close friend who did that you know in uh, uh, the close friend that I met in Paris when I arrived in Paris not during my childhood but later in my life when I yeah. arrived at the age of 17 in Paris an editor uh, who did a, a, a nice French film you know about the Refusnik I forgot the title it was uh, something uh, her, her name is Anne Veil mm. and she was in a in a Jewish uh, organization who was going in USSR to, to help the Refusnik there my brother did that trip mm -hmm. you know uh, i guess i envy him you know just chance you know i mm -hmm. i never been in an eastern countries during my youth you know my, my sister mm -hmm. did it you know uh, my brother has been not in ussr but in east germany mm -hmm. i never did that trip you know yeah. so in a way for me in the writing is all the lives i could have yes experience and that i didn't experience because yeah. you know as i was saying being a cinephile you know i'm close <laughs> you yeah. know and I, i'm afraid about life you know i mean that's why i need the theaters you know yeah that's why i don't like that's theater. why we're in this small room right now yeah 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 it's very safe in here <laughs> um but the tone of the scenes feels like they're being like they're recollected 
that's yeah, the thing that's yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. But also, yeah, we have to, we, we tried, you know, after that, yeah, there is all the, the work, you know, there is the, the writing process of it. I mean, you're writing, but after that, there is a second writing, uh, during the preps, you know. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, you know, in the, when the directors are speaking about films, uh, they're the, 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 how to make a film, we, we never speak about the, 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 the preps. You know, yeah. which is for me the, the more creative moment of, of a film, you know, mm. where you are just like a Talmudist and you have the lines mm. and you are trying to interpret them mm. and you are trying to add the details and to comment them and, and to play with them. And, you know, and so it's a collaboration with the actors, you know, doing the reading through the lines, but also a, co a collaboration with the production designer, you mm. know, with the DP, etc. Et and so you start to elaborate the scene. So, so we, when we started that scene, you know, so we said, okay, we have to meet people who have been in that kind of organization. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Gilles Cohen, who is playing the guy in the synagogue, who is running the thing, you know, and hiring uh, Paul Dedalus to go and give his passport, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. He was in organizations like that when he was young, you know. So we had endless interview with him to know how they proceed, you yes. know, in which synagogue and what and how old was he, you know, and how did, you know, what kind of clothes, you know, did where the adults were hiring them, etc. And mm -hmm. so, so it was, you know, so there is all this moment, you know, and, and that's why, you know, I, I I'm so dedicated to filming on location. Yes. It's strange, you know, because I'm, I'm not against the studio as, as a spectator. I love, you know, some directors who filming in studios. I'm thinking about Polanski or, you know, I could say that uh, Amour, you know, by Anneke, I, I, I mm -hmm. liked it because it was shot in the studio. I think the film wouldn't make sense on location, you yes. know, so it's not a statement about what I like or not. But in my work, I need this confrontation with reality. Yeah. You know, because that's where I'm nourishing mm -hmm. the, 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 the parts with all these details, etc. You know, I, uh, uh, sorry, you know, but uh, the, the, I, I, uh, Gennady, that's his first name, but I forgot his family name. You know, the guy who is playing, uh, the Jewish guy, the Jew Jewish Russian who is singing the, uh, the song when Paul arrives, you know, yes. to the apartment, etc. He was, you know, we shot it in Minsk, you know, and, uh, he was the only actor who was not not union, you know, because in Minsk it's still a dictatorship, you know, so you have to be union <laughs> to, 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 to be able to mm. act, etc. The guy is wild, you know, and he's Jewish. And today the Jewish community mm. in Minsk is nothing any longer. Everyone escaped, you know. And so he's the only Jewish actor there, mm. you know, um, non-union, you know, so not working. <laughs> so he was bringing on knowledge, you know. Yeah. And so I remember that the, the production designer, you know, uh, brought some guys from the synagogue, you know, to the apartment to say, okay, now could you fix the details? Mm -hmm. You know, could you tell me where you would sit, how you, etc., etc. You know, and so that's how we invent these details, you know, not during the writing, but during the preps. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when you're talking about the different stages of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about um, Lumet's book, Sidney Lumet's book, yeah. Making Movies. Mm -hmm. And he didn't really talk about the prep if I remember correctly. But uh, Yes, but Cinelumet rehearsed a lot. Yes, that's true. Yeah, from coming from the theater, he used to rehearse all his films, you know, yeah. with uh, marks on the floor, mm -hmm. you know, and you will be there and you will see it that way and you will yes. try to try. So, you know, when he arrived on the set, in the acting, everything was everything already, already pre-explored and you know and uh, yeah yeah and, uh, blocked b before the shooting. Mm. So I guess his preps should have been long. Right, uh, but there's one thing that he said that, that I always yeah. thought was so odd. He said mm. um, he gets to the chapter on mixing, and unless I'm 
not remembering this correctly, he said, I hate mixing. It's, you know, I, I get, I'm bored stiff. I can't wait for it to be over. And I just found that really odd. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's mixing odd, is right? okay. Mixing is okay. Mixing is good, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can do something with the acting. You're acting when you're mixing. Yeah. You're acting. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I don't, plus, you know, with, the, I was already doing that on film, you know, yeah. when we had the, the magnetic film, you know, yeah. I was already doing that, you know, but, uh, with the digital, it's even simpler. You know, it's the, you know when the character arrives and has to say bonjour. You know, the first thing the the editor is doing, you know, for me, and she knows that at one point of the our work, you know, I will ask her. It's okay. May I have all the bonjour in all the takes, yeah. shot and reverse. Right. You know, and so I have thirty bonjour, and after that, I'm choosing. You know, so we are just you know synchronizing yeah, yeah, yeah. them, and after that, we are choosing them. You know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so during the mix, we are jumping from one take to another, etc. Mm -hmm. And you can embellish the acting, and you can one make it sound deeper. take. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 yeah. not dubbing, not dubbing. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, from from other takes. Yes, you know, right. uh, you know, from what happened during the shooting. You know, yeah. and uh, so even if it's long shots, etc., you can add, you know, small details, etc. So the mixing is interesting. You know, mm -hmm. if if it's just the balance with the music, etc. Uh, sure, it's not that fascinating. Yeah, no, you know, it's just uh, do you have a bad taste or a good taste? I hope I hope that my taste is not that bad. You know, and so you right. just question, you know, but but about the acting process, you can do fascinating things during yes. the mix. Yeah. yeah, but you can also deepen space. I don't know. There are interesting yeah, things that you can do that you can do. Yeah, yeah. Are there any other techniques you've borrowed from superhero films? Another uh, techniques, uh, no. Or do they do they interest you? Uh, you were a big, a, a real fan of Daredevil. Daredevil is a great film. Yeah. It is. It's it's a great film. Yeah, the performances are, are strange yeah. in the film. Yeah. You know, but the film is is really good. I didn't see the new ones. Plus, it's, it started to be boring when it for me. You know, mm. I guess it's it's great. You know, because these films are, are selling a lot of tickets. You know, but uh, when you started to have a lot of superheroes in the same film. Yeah. And to me, it's... it's I know, it's, who cares? It's, who cares? Yeah, who Plus cares what the, they think of each other or whether yeah, but they're, they're having a meeting. Or whether they can work with each other. Being yeah. a superhero has to do with loneliness, yeah. doesn't it? Sure. Yeah, it has to do with uh, being alone, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't. It does make sense in uh, X-Men. Mm -hmm. Because each one, of them, each one of them feels alone, mm -hmm. you know. But you know, when they gather together, you know, and mm -hmm. they have a good time, you know, mm -hmm. you're Superman, I'm Batman, nice to meet you, etc. Let's go <laughs> to the restaurant. <laughs> I don't understand the point, you know. <laughs> that precisely what I love is the absolute loneliness of Batman, you know, that's the yeah, beauty yeah, of it, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, I love that scene, you know, it was it in the Batman 2, you know, the Tim Burton movie, Batman you know, returns. The one with Dana DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, with Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, and, and they are, and you know, and Michelle Pfeiffer doesn't dare to show herself, you know, because yeah. she feels like a monster. Mm -hmm. And so they can't have a, you know, that's another thing, you know, you can't have an intercourse when you're a superhero. Sure. That's where Paul Dedalus is not completely a superhero because he has few intercourse during the film, you know, so it's not, it's not Good a pure him. superhero. <laughs> and, uh, but the superhero, has to be lonely and uh, and mm. uh, so so it's a genre I, during a very specific moment of the history of the American cinema just just, just ten years mm. of great films uh, about superheroes but after that the the genre became the mockery of itself yes know? yeah yeah 
at what point and then, you know and you know there is another superhero films that a film that i really love you know it's uh the clint eastwood movie uh about uh, this woman who's a boxer you know oh, million uh, dollar baby million dollar baby because you know you have the name and she has a nickname she has two names mm -hmm. the real one and the superhero one you know mm -hmm. and she and the, the second name is obscure to her you know because it's a gaelic word Uh, Eastwood will tell to the girl, you know, at the very last moment, this is what you what it means, you know, mm -hmm. your name means my dear mm -hmm. in Gaelic, you know, she has the right. costume, yes. you know, the green cap, you know, which gives her some power, an incredible power, a power that mm -hmm. she doesn't understand exactly, a power which is a weakness too, you know, because she has to win in very, uh, very fast, you mm -hmm. know, because she can't endure long, long, long battles, you know, so she, but she has in this incredible punch, you know, which is just a gift. It's mm -hmm. just a gift, yeah. and uh, and after that she has to fight against the other one with another with an animal with the bear and and uh, who has another outfit, you know, like, just like superheroes mm -hmm. and you know, and it's it's wonderful to think how this film is is close to the genre of the superheroes, you mm -hmm. know. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking about the Shyamalan movie, you know, the the uh, un Unbreakable, the Unbreakable, which mm -hmm. is uh, which was such a great film too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that un the Unbreakable and and. Uh, And million dollar baby are quite close in in so many ways. Yeah, what's the one about the trees? I forget. Oh, you. Sorry. The, the trees. Shyamalan movie about the trees. Oh, oh it has yeah. Mark Wahlberg in it, it was so strange. Yeah, with the the people mm. jumping uh, from the buildings and uh, mm. this one because of the trees. Yeah, it's very unclear. because of the wind in the, the trees. Wind. It's possibly <laughs> the wind. It's possibly <laughs> the trees. It's possibly the leaves. It's kind of hard yeah. to tell. We It's don't a strange really know. film. Yeah, it was with uh, Mark Wahlberg. This it one. It was. It was with Mark Wahlberg as a scientist. Yeah. A little bit of a problem. Yeah, it, was a, it was. People from Boston could be scientists. People. It, it's people who had rap careers where they were just in their underwear can be scientists. Sure. <laughs> sure. The move I was, is suspension. I was, I, was, I was just about to say that, but the, but it, but it, yeah, it's unclear what's what it is. Mm. That's an interesting. Uh, That's a bigger problem. It's an interesting problem. <laughs> yeah. So superhero films have sort of hit a, a low point or aren't that interesting anymore. Are there other genres that are you feel that are sort of picking up the slack, or you find are interesting right now, or you're attracted to right now? <clears throat> to genre today, mm, it's not a good moment for genre, you know, because the genre's movie, you know, there is a big. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel humble saying that, you know, because I'm French. I'm here in America and, you know, but it seems to me that you you started to have a hard time for films in Hollywood. You know, the, the Hollywood so. is not producing popular. The, the, the popular movies, uh, you know, the, the 15 years ago were fascinating, you know, and mm. today's, today it's nothing, it's, you know. Yeah. But it's strange to say that when actually you have so many great directors arriving and, and, and uh, you know, in the same mom moment, you know. So Hollywood is producing mainly craps and in the same time you have Noah Bombach you have Wes Anderson you have mm -hmm. Tarantino you have you know the the maturity of Tarantino and mm -hmm. you you have so many of them you know uh, Paul, Thomas Paul Thomas Anderson and you know I mean it's uh, the, the list is yeah. endless you know so it's a strange moment very creative you know for the the few ones who are who have one fit in the system and one fit out of the system but the main films that uh, you, you, you can see produced by Hollywood are not that good I mean mm. you know and it's strange you know because uh, the, this film uh, won the Oscar you know the spotlight you know uh, you can see a regular movie mm -hmm. it's good it's regular mm -hmm. it's a good movie it's, mm -hmm. uh, no question about that but usually we had uh, two films like that uh, uh, like that a week yeah. you know and this time the, mm. the film stands alone 
And it's really bizarre. It's, it's not, you know, I, I'm not dismissing the work of the director, but it's not, if the film had to belong to a genre, it's not a director's film. It's not a film, it's not a film that you are going to see because you love the director. I'm sure the guy is great, you know, and the, his film is great. It's not what I, I don't want to dismiss anything in the film. You know, but it's not that, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's about, you know, you like the, the topic, you like the society issues, and you like all these things, you know, you like the story, mm -hmm. you like uh, the acting in it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, but this film a genre based on a true story is like becoming a genre in a way that it was it hasn't been before and it is very like issue based but it's not really a genre it's it not really a genre it's not really a genre oh no no in, I the, mean, in the sense that um but horror but horror uh sort of defies a lot of like there's not always the same semantic sort of cues or mm. Genres happen in cycles, so you can under. So maybe it's not a fully fledged genre, but it's a it's a certain cycle it is that a we're cycle sort of working of films. through. Yeah, there was truth, um, but genre also yeah. it's uh, big, big the, short, the, the, the idea short. is that yeah. if you respect the, the the rules of the genre, if you play the rules with the rules, you can twist them, you can etc. Yeah, then suddenly you can tell the truth. Yeah. You know, and uh, so there is a sort of moral in the idea of a genre. You know, mm -hmm. in a Western, you are saying the truth because you respect or you twist rules of the of a Western. You know, you can play it, you know, this way or that way, you know. But uh, you know that you belong to, to something which is larger than you, which is the genre, yes. which was there before you and which will be after you, you know. Yeah. And if you play the rules, you can have access to the truth. You know, this is <coughs> what I'm calling a genre. And today in Hollywood, I can't see many mm -hmm. genres, actually, mm -hmm. you know. There's a lot of independent uh, filmmakers working within genre mm. right now. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm not going to go really hard for this, but I'm with uh, digital technology becoming less expensive, more widely available. You mm. can have a low budget science fiction film and you can or you can have a low budget. You can have a or independent science fiction film. You can have an independent horror film and a lot of being made. Liam, but, uh, you know, to, to, to me as a spectator, but perhaps I'm wrong, you know, plus I don't see all the, uh, all the films, you know. Who can? To, 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 <laughs> yeah, but to, to, to me today, you know, the more, the more interesting film films uh, that are American films that I can see don't belong to Jean and it's I'm happy yeah. with that you know mm. I'm thinking about Noah Baumbach or I'm, I'm thinking uh, you know about Carol that I saw recently you know and I thought yeah. it was a great film yeah. you know it doesn't belong to a specific genre and it's perfect yeah. like that you know and uh, you know as if you know the, the idea of Jean became a trap you know for directors and that uh, you had to go elsewhere to have a connection with uh, the soul that the, uh, of your film and, and uh, the, the way of speaking to the audience. you know. Mm -hmm. I think it's that the really ambitious and really good directors in, in America right now are not drawn to work in genres and then younger filmmakers. There is no kind of um, system or pathway for someone to work their way up. There is no Roger right. Corman. I mean, Roger Corman is still yeah. putting his name on things, but it's just not the same kind of thing. Yeah. There's no I mentoring. Mean, no, there the isn't. And so there, that's a, that's not so good. Yeah. Um, it is interesting though, that, um, one genre that, uh, Arnaud's commented on a lot and that, I mean, mm. that you've also probably taken, you know, people look at you like, are you out of your mind for liking that movie? Um, I certainly get a lot of this as um, Notting Hill and the um, romantic comedy genre, which is, you know... Yeah, and also it, it was a very minor genre, uh, but quite but interesting, which was uh, the, 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 the romantic comedies uh, about England. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it became an, a real genre. This is a Richard you Curtis know? thing. Sorry? Right? It's Richard Curtis, really. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he wrote Four Weddings mm -hmm. and a Funeral in yeah. Notting Hill, he directed Love Actually and um, yeah. About Time. 
Yeah, but it's all it's always the same pattern that you you have from one film to another one, you know, just like the remarriage comedy or whatever, you know, is you have an American character and mm. the American character is always beautiful, <coughs> you know, he has the perfectist, you know, because you have wonderful <laughs> dentists, etc. Yeah, et et and uh, and then he has to go sure. to London and to discover people who are not well fit, who are more human than, you know, and they need to have this connection with England to yeah. go and to discover their own frailty or, or something like that, you know, their, their own fragility and, you know, and so, and, and they have, and you have this movement, this dialogue, you know, between England, which would be the country, a dreamlike country uh, yeah. where uh, to be a human being is tough, you know, mm. and America where it's too easy. You know, and you have the dialogue, you know, mm -hmm. between the American actor and the English actor. And it became sort of a very minor genre, you know, few films. Yeah. But I think that you could, uh, if I was uh, working on that, I could find, you know, something like 12 American films which are dealing with this issue. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, the lovely film uh, about the, the radio, you know, which was on a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Again, radio. Richard Curtis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, pirate you know, radio. Same thing, you know, it's still belonging to the same genre. Yeah. But then also there are American films like Nancy Myers made um, The Holiday, yeah, right? Is that what it's called? With people in England and the United States switching apartments. Yeah. Kate Winslet winds up in Los Angeles. and She uh, ma makes out with Jack Black. She makes out with Jack Black and then yeah. somebody else. And what was the, the title of it? It was sort of, a, the, 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 sort of the, the, the first film about this genre. No, I'm sure that in the, in the classics you have some films dealing with the same issue. But I, I'm thinking about this film uh, with the... Ingrid Bergman and, and uh, Cary Grant, and I, I love this film. But you, you will help me, you know, with the on the title. You know, the, you know, and she's uh, uh, Cary Grant is lying, saying that he's a married man. You know, and Ingrid Bergman is dating him. You know, she, they are mature now; they they start to be old, and they have a love affair. And so she's staying in London, and he's staying in America or oh. in France. You didn't, you don't remember his film? It's such a Is great film, you know. And you have, yeah, it's mm -hmm. indiscreet, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have this lovely scene, you know, where at last, you know, Cary Grant is realizing that he's in love with Ingrid Bergman, playing the English part, you know, the mm -hmm. vulnerable woman. Mm -hmm. He's playing the American, and then he, he comes to, you know, is, he comes to love, and mm -hmm. then he goes to his fiance and saying, "By the way, I'm not married." Mm. You know, I'm free. I'm available. So, mm. so, and then his fiance is furious against him, saying, mm -hmm. "You lied to me. You're not married." Etc. Et mm -hmm. I was so sure that we were cheating. You know, the, the mm. double dating your wife. Etc. Et et and so, uh, you know, you mean nothing to me any longer. And Ingrid Bergman is furious. So it's really funny as a as an argument between the man and the woman because usually it's all the way. Uh, it's a reverse situation. Mm. You know, it's, you, know, you lied to me. You were married. <coughs> you know, but this time she's saying, "No, you lied to me. You're single." Mm. I love this film. Yeah, it's, it has to do with this movement between America and England. The America and England thing is, is I suppose, that people call it the fish out of water yeah. genre, right? Well, Comedy and genre. it's also, I mean, it's also, <clears throat> for English-speaking audiences, it's like this, uh, I can't remember the exact Freud quote, but it's sort of like this uh, economy of small differences, like mm -hmm. where it's this constant sort of comparison mm -hmm. and like, it's, it's like mm -hmm. cute and familiar, but it's mm -hmm. also, yeah. like as you say, it is very telling. Mm. It says it does say something, and these character it allows these characters to get to a place that they weren't at at the start. Yeah, so. it's you know that's that that goes to the remarriage genre, and mm. I mean it's it's um, yeah, it has a, the same function than the Connecticut, you know, in the Stanley yeah. Cavell's book. You it's, know? A, it's a term coined by Stanley Cavell in his book Pursuits of Happiness, and, mm. yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Mm. Yeah, I mean another one. I happen to think that something's got to give with Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton is pretty good. That's a fish out of water story. Mm. 
Yeah. 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 He's a womanizer who just sleeps with young men. He's there to have an affair with her daughter mm. uh, at her place in, you know, East mm-hmm. Hampton. She shows up and suddenly he has a heart attack and he has to confront his his own mortality and he realizes he's actually for the first time in love with someone who's really his own age. Uh, um, but I think it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's a good a movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but these are movies that are, you know, completely disreputable, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> or at least they're disreputable, you know, by the lights of young cinephiles. Um, <laughs> but, um, and they aren't anywhere to be seen in theaters now. Like there aren't, they no. just, it's just war movies. It's kind of, it's like sad. It's like, you can't, I mean, I think uh, a lot of the praise for Brooklyn came from that where it's just like, it's a really solid love story. Mm. And there, that was like the only film like that, that year. Well, but it also, it's also important to talk about, um, you know, Greta Gerwig is kind of picking up the slack yeah. in American mm-hmm. cinema. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, she's really becoming, um, you know, and her films with Noah Baumbach, who, which are, you mm-hmm. know, spectacular, are one thing. The film that she just made that we showed in the festival last year for Rebecca Miller, Maggie's Plan, mm-hmm. is a kind of a, a really solid romantic comedy that looks back at older romantic comedies like mm-hmm. Crossing Delancey. And stuff like she's that. She's impersonating all these issues. Yeah. I mean, she's a genre by herself. You know, she, yeah. she's she able, is. yeah, yeah, she's able to, her body, her ways, her dancing, mm. her way of delivering the words, etc., mm. became, you know, the, this, uh, this thing, uh, you know, about how to be American and fragile in the same time, mm-hmm. you know, and so as soon as she appears in a film, she's saying the truth about yeah. this issue, you know, yeah. so you don't need the genre, you know, you just need Greta Gerwig, yeah. you know, yeah. she, 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 is she, the genre. she invented a way yeah. of filming, you know, yeah. because of, of the specificity, uh, uh, specificity of her body and, yeah. of, you know, I remember this wonderful video clip I showed you, you know, incredible. The, it's incredible, you know, done by Spike, Spike Jones, Jones, you know, yeah. the, the song by Arcade Fire, which was shot in live, you know, and where her way of behaving, I mean, it's, it's, it's she's, uh, you know, as soon as she appears in a film, she produced a way of filming and of she she invented a new form of being a woman in America, and yeah. then she she's repre- standing for that. And it's you know we we have to acknowledge that and to admire that. You mm-hmm. know she has an incredible art. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She's so important in the American cinema. It's a, it's, a, it's a voice which is very alone, but she found a way to be in the system, even yeah. if she's so specific. It's, it's 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 quite interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting that she came to movies through these extremely, I mean, really no-budget movies yeah. that she mm-hmm. made, you know, with, with Joe Swanberg. Also that she comes to performance as a dancer. Yes. And that it, yeah. it, it's really yeah. so in her physicality and, like, Frances Ha, like, thinking about mm-hmm. her performance in that and just, like, how she moves her body and how mm. it's... I mean, she didn't choreograph those dances. Mm. Someone, you know, these these they sort of had these outside dance companies do it, but mm-hmm. she inhabits those so perfectly and yes. like it they're so flawlessly integrated into the film yeah i can't think of another actress who could really do that yeah she's just about to direct her first film oh yeah which is you know great news mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah well now we're almost out of time okay so <laughs> uh in the even though we've been talking about all these movies uh we always close the podcast by going around and saying one film that we've seen recently that we liked so um, I'll go first, since everyone, <laughs> you know what, everyone looks scared. Uh, we, I've been going through watching the People versus O.J. Simpson, which is amazing. It is unbelievably good. 
I've see, I've I, I'm totally uh, I think it really explores all the issues around like I was I was 10 when the trial was happening and just like all it represents it, it's so it predicts everything that the 21st century is in every way and I think the performances are amazing the music is amazing the hyperactive camera work totally works for me I know a lot of people hate it but I think it perfectly suits the subject matter so I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna say that's what uh, something that's gonna be mine I'm, I, I don't know if it's cheating but I mean you know the most recent film that I've seen that's a film that I watch about once a year which is The Letter by William Wyler mm -hmm. with Betty Davis and um Herbert Marshall and James Stevenson, and it's based on a classic. Well, it's based on a short story by Somerset Maugham, but it's it's a it's an absolutely mesmerizing film. Um, and every time I see it, it uh, becomes even more powerful. The the I, I will I will choose a I will go for a film that I saw now a long time ago, and it's uh, the Son of Soul. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, I'm fascinated by the film, you know, because it's strange, you know, because I think that the, the, the film had an award, you know, to, to, yeah, to won the, the, Oscar. the Oscar. Yeah, won mm -hmm. the Oscar. And so as if it was um, a film which was mainstream, you know. And to me, the film is everything but mainstream. The film is quite controversial. I still don't know if I like it or not, you know, but I know that, you know, for once I was... Uh, I was obliged to answer to some questions, mm -hmm. you know, looking at the film, you know, so, so, mm -hmm. so suddenly I became curious about the film critics again, you know, yeah. and I started to read all the critics I could find about the movie to, to, to try to sort out all the issues that the film was dealing with, you know, is it that good or that bad, you know, is that metaphor interesting, is it a metaphor or not, you know, uh, the way it's shot, etc. So suddenly the film, you know, people had to talk about the film, you know, mm -hmm. people had to discuss it, had yes. to, 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 to work on it, you know. And it's a film that I, I, I worked a lot on the film. You know, I had to write, you know, a, a little piece, you know, about that in uh, Les Inrecuptibles, you know, and I was happy to do that, to try to sort out all the impression I had after the film. Yeah. And uh, and uh, to, to, to me, it's so important in the life of films, you know, the fact that uh, they're open to a discussion between mm -hmm. the spectators, you know. And it seems to me that uh, the Son of Soul opened a new way of discussing films you know and uh, you yeah. know and what an we undeniable are, uh, you know what what we love you know what we hate you know what we accept what we reject you know what is a progress what is a, a reactionary you know suddenly we had to ask ourselves you know question about ontology about you know isn't it too easy you know is it a fable is it a documentary piece you know and so it was obviously interesting you know do you like the movie or not so i, I would say that it was one of the big shock of the year that i had well thank you both Thanks so much for us. coming thank you it was wonderful <laughs> You've been listening to the Film Comet Podcast, produced by Violet Luca and Nicholas Rapol, with music by Greg Anji. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Film Comet is a bi-monthly magazine published by the Film Society of Lincoln Center. Since 1962, Film Comet has featured in-depth interviews, critical analysis, and feature coverage of mainstream, arthouse, and avant-garde filmmaking from around the world. Visit us online at filmcomet.com slash subscribe to purchase a digital or print subscription to the magazine. Film Comment, at the heart of film culture for over 50 years.